It's February 12th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Happy Valentine's Day weekend, all my running lovers. You know what that means. It's heart-shaped pizza weekend. Isn't that right, Apostoli? Yes, it is. All over again. It's the anniversary of one of my favorite weekly rundown episodes ever. As always, I'm your host, Alex Mayne, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Apostoli Everniatis. We are here to bring you inspiring stories and talk to the Pacers who are making an impact, whether that's professional athletes, political figures, CEOs, authors, and running leaders. And as you just said, it's our one-year anniversary of your favorite episode. (laughs) It's so funny that that was your favorite episode. So a year ago... We were making these weekly rundowns, and we didn't have guests yet, so it was just Apostoli and I chit-chatting away every week about fun stuff. And Valentine's Day, I we just like made up elaborate stories about what you could do with your partner on Valentine's Day, and it was like it was pretty funny because it was like off the cuff. We didn't really prep for what we were going to talk about about those adventures. Mm-hmm. And it was face to face. We were right there. We had had a couple of beers, probably, uh, and. <laughs> The good old days, the pre-COVID good old days, but yeah. So I think in tradition, I'll have to give myself and Christina a heart-shaped pizza. Yes. And what was your idea of being romantic on the on Valentine's Day? You had we had some ideas of what to do to be romantic <laughs> on your run. <laughs> I don't remember mine. I just remember your crazy story about going out in the woods. And, and, and planting and planting balloons around yep. the court. Yeah, it was. I don't know why. So here's the deal. When I think there's this crazy story about running out in the trails and hiding balloons and coming around the corner and it like being there. But what I can't get out of my head is the balloons in my mind. I keep thinking of like you, like say you and Maria were out for a run. They're mm-hmm. strapped around your waist like they are in Mario Kart when you do the battles and the balloons are above you. Oh, yeah. So for some okay. reason, when I keep having this flashback to you explaining oh, yes, the story, yes. I think of you and Maria with the strings tight around your waist of the balloons and you're like chasing each other through the woods trying to find a heart-shaped pizza. Trying to, and I think your idea was to try to blow the balloons, each other's balloons. And that was your idea of a romantic date. Now I remember. Yes. Uh, so if you need your advice, send your uh, send 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 your email to the Cream City Pacers at gmail dot com, and Wait. I'll try to get to to it before Alex does. So you have some valid Valentine's <laughs> Valentine's Day advice. We are the lovers hotline of runners. We are your matchmakers. Do you need to be, do you, are you looking for a match? That's a runner. Are you looking to spice up your love life? This, your running love life, this uh, Valentine's day weekend, shoot us an email at creamcitypacers at (laughs) gmail.com. Anyways, uh, dude, it's been freaking cold out. You being in California, you've, you're missing it, man. It's like, it's the same, it's the same temperature here. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's the winter here too. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. I was like, yeah, don't yeah. Don't want to hear it, buddy. Listen, man. Uh, what was it over there today? It was. It was in Milwaukee. It was 13 degrees. It was 13 degrees yeah, yeah. here in, in California, in, in Bay Area. It was 13 degrees as well. I use centigrade on my phone because <laughs> I'm Greek. Oh, so you're yeah. We're using Fahrenheit over here. So, so yeah, it's 55 I guess the number- degrees. It was 57 degrees today. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh. 
Man, but, it's 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 cold. But here's the deal. But here's, here's the, the deal. Here's the oh, deal. You tell me the, here's you the tell deal. me the real deal. Here's the deal. That's what the president says, right? Here's the deal. <laughs> Listen, um, points. I only get a one point with a winter running series. And you, my friend, I want people to know about what you're doing because you're killing those points. Now, if you get tw- if it's for everybody oh. listening, if you don't know the Milwaukee Running Group OMG the place where Alex and I met, is doing this thing to promote running in the winter, uh, winter running points. It does that every year, but t- this year, it's uh, anybody can join. Uh, you don't have to actually show up for the runs. You get points for the, uh, depending on you know how, how cold it is outside. So if it's one point, if it's oh, during the winter, and it can be anywhere, so I'm out in California, it's winter everywhere, therefore I get one point. But if it's less than 20 degrees, you get two points. And if it's less than, what is it, Alex? Five points, then you get three. No, or, less than, if it's if it's five deg- between five degrees and negative five degrees, it's three points. And and then I said, well, okay, so if it's less than negative five, it's, it's four. And Alex says, no, it's one, because they don't want you to go out running in the super, super cold weather. Um, but then there's Wait. these tricks, there's these tricks that you can, that you could do. If it's, if you run twice in a day, you can get two points under, under normal circumstances, you could get two points, but only if you run more than 10 miles collectively. So what Mr. Alex may, Alex, tell us how many points did you get over the weekend, man? So Friday, this weekend was like really cold. So Friday, I got four points. Saturday, I got five points. And Sunday, I was going for six points, but I just got three points. So I got, I got, was that 12 points? So that's 12 points. That usually takes a normal person 12 days to do, but I just did it in three. So I felt pretty, I felt pretty cool. It's insane. It's insane. And uh, our team loves you for it because we, so we're part of a team, 10 people team and the more points we get the higher up we're going to be as a as a team and you're picking up my slack i appreciate it thank you well you only get one point it's kind of unfair but here's the deal everyone on team cream city pacers has been crushing it like every i think uh was it heidi she was like i after everyone posted that they got like three points that one day on sunday she's like i wasn't going to run today but i wanted to get us the points so she ran and got us three points so it's like let's go this is what a community of runners can help you do. So it's really cool. And no one knows each other in our group, which has been super fun. So we've all got to like become friends via text message group. And like, I think that's awesome. 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 And we send selfies or pictures of our run. Yeah. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah. So running in the winter, that's like been my motivation, but let me tell you this people who go, people who are not runners go, why would you run in the winter? That's crazy. But then like, you know, if you run like the gear, I bought that jacket. I told you from performance running outfitters. Mm -hmm. I wore that all weekend. I only wore a t-shirt underneath it. I wore a t-shirt and that jacket and I was profusely sweating in my upper body. It was that hot of a jacket. Like that's how insulated it is. The importance of buying good stuff too. Yeah. So literally, or like yesterday I wore like four layers and was like, again, 
oh, I was sweating because I was so hot. So you can wear the right things. I mean, you can cover your entire body besides your eyes and your, your, you know, it's not pleasurable, but again, you're not like freezing cold. You're not going to get frostbite or anything. So I'll, you can do it. You just got to bundle up. I'll take cold weather over hot weather, hot, humid weather anytime. You can, you can <laughs> only take so many layers <laughs> off and I don't look that great with my, um, you know, with my, with my Greek, oh, Greek shirt on. <laughs> your Greek my, shirt. The one I was born with. Yeah. My fur, fur shirt. Oh, hold on. It was really funny. I came home today and I was like, you know what? Uh, I have to record this podcast tonight. I'm probably not going to run until like later this evening. And Christina's like, I wish, like, I don't even want the winter points anymore. I don't even care about them. I just want it to stop being that cold. And I go, Christina, but if we record this and it goes late into the night, the temperature should dip and I should be able to get three points for my run. And it's like, okay, this is getting crazy. <laughs> and somewhere Patrick Beezer, of, uh, the leader of OMG, is sitting there like, Saying, laughing. It's working. Like, it's laughing. It's like he's like this is this is perfect. Like these, they they want to go torture themselves, which is great. But kudos to you. You had a forty-five mile week, and you're not even training for anything. That's awesome. But you know, streak still the streak's still alive. You know who does not need any points, any any points or any motivation to go out there and run. Our, I'm gonna say our guest this week. Our guest this week. Yeah, Mary Bolick is an amazing runner. If you have been running in Milwaukee for a while and have been part of Badgerland Striders, you that is a household name. She has run over 100 marathons, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, and she's won a lot of them. She's won the Lakefront Marathon. I think she's probably won every major marathon in Wisconsin, which is like an insane feat. Like just to win a marathon is an insane feat. And then to do it all over the place is incredible. She's awesome. So we're excited to bring her on today. Uh, she is actually cousins to Roy Pierong, and Roy highly recommended her. So we're excited that, you know, we were able to make this happen today. And I think this is going to be an awesome interview. She, Mary, is a creative writer. We're creatives. I like to think that I'm a creative because I'm in marketing as my profession. So I'm really excited to kind of learn more about Mary and kind of find some of the nuggets of what makes her successful so I can try to implement them in my life. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and you know, when I, when you said, when I, I don't know how I found out that they are cousins, uh, I said, well, oh, I imagined that the Pirongs or like their family is like a family of runners and they're from way back then. And everybody like is, is bred to be a runner. But guess what? Uh, she, she told us that they didn't, they didn't realize that they're cousins until after they had met through running. So it's very funny that these two like legends in Milwaukee are related and they're both big runners and they're cousins, but that only came about after they had known each other for a while and had clicked. They, they, they had great chemistry together. Well, then they found out why, I guess uh, <laughs> their, their blood is not water. Um, their blood is not water. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. How, how, Real quick, so you've been you've been getting some runnings. You've been running more than you have. How have you how have you how have you been doing? Okay, real quick, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm feeling a lot better. I figured out that it was lack of sleep that was causing me to not feel that great to get out there. And I nutrition, also this great weather out here in California, sure, but um, I'm just feeling a lot better and going out there increasingly more thank you for asking yes so nutrition, don't give up 
and sleep are key and recovery. I've been trying to implement those in my life. It's great. Good sleep is so great. Yes. Even though my 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 mattress, the mattress here is, sucks. It's brand new. Everybody raves about Casper mattresses. I hate it. <laughs> I got to stop looking at reviews. I got to stop. And I'll tell you what. I'll, I'm going to stop looking at reviews because I watched Hook last night, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's a it's a, it's a super good feel good movie. Steven Spielberg made it. Guess what? It's twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So what does that tell you? Reviews mean nothing. You go out there yeah. and you make up your own mind, people. There it is. Hot take about mattresses. All right, let's bring Mary on and get into this thing. Mary, we are super excited to have you on the show today. You come highly recommended by past guests of the show, show Roy Pierong. Um, Roy reached out to us and says, you have to interview Mary. She is an amazing person. And he sent us this, I don't even know if it's a bullet-pointed list, but it was like a lot of paragraphs talking very highly of you and how awesome of a person you are and your creativity and all your running accomplishments. And we were like... Yes, we need to talk to Mary. So here we are. Roy, thank you for sending Mary our way. And Mary, we're super excited to have you. And there is so much to talk about. Apostoli and I are like, where do we start this interview? Like, we have so much to talk about. And I think where I want to start it is with the creativity. You have been a creative writer, I would say, a very long time. And it's probably been most of your professional career. And with that we think of ourselves as creatives here on the podcast. This is our creative outlet and your creative outlet is creative writing in your job. So kind of talk to us about like where create, like where, where did this all come from back in the start for creativity with you? And why did you kind of get into this world of create creative writing? I have been a lover of words since I was a little kid writing poetry and songs and um, just, in high school, English was my favorite class. Um, I just loved writing and reading. And by the time I was think um, like a junior in high school, I wanted to be, I decided I wanted to be a journalist. So um, I went to UW Oshkosh and majored in journalism and worked in newspapers for many years as an editor and um, feature writing was my big thing. Um, reporter, uh, photographer. Um, And then uh, I decided that it would be hard to sustain that life with a family. So I switched to, I saw an ad for a copywriter and I switched to copywriting and I fell in love with it immediately because it is so, such an incredible way to play with words using as few words as possible to have a big message. I just loved it. So throughout my career, I combined um, my journalism background with copywriting and um, public affairs types of things. So I just a mixed bag and um, that's what I've been doing. Nice. We, um, I wish I was good at writing, uh, but that's why we have the podcast so we can just use our words instead of writing. But uh, so I give you a lot of kudos. Creative writing 
uh, I'm in marketing myself is a lot of fun. I consider myself kind of good at it. So um, I like that. It was beautifully spoken. (laughs) You love words and putting them together. um, You can do amazing things with it. So let me ask you this. You were in the Navy. Um, Where did that kind of come in with all this? Was this kind of before or during? Like where where did, where does this come, come in? You know, I kind of, um, thought about joining the service when I was in high school, but I grew up in a very tiny little town and um, I was pretty shy and afraid and, you know, hadn't traveled or anything. So I didn't pursue that. But when the opportunity came up to get a direct commission in the Navy Reserves based on my professional experience as a journalist, um, I jumped on that. So I served in the reserves as a public affairs officer for 10 years. Okay, so now let's tie in one more piece and we'll, we'll where, where did running come into all of this in your life? Was it early on in high school or was it later? Um, I started running when I was 15. Um, I went out for track when I was 15 and I was so little and weak (laughs) (laughs) and not good at anything. I mean, I could never jump or it wasn't fast. And when I was a freshman in high school, it was the first year uh, for the girls two mile. So I'm guessing since I wasn't good at anything else and nobody else wanted to run that far, um, that's what I got stuck doing. And I immediately loved it. When I was a sophomore, cross country was added to our sports at our school. So I ran track and cross country then for the rest of high school and then um, competed at UW Oshkosh in both. Oh, that's awesome. So you got to compete in college at UW Oshkosh. Yeah, it was amazing. Everyone would probably know my coaches, Deb Vercotteren and John Zupontz. incredible Hall of Fame coaches. That's awesome. Past, uh, so I think you are second UW Oshkosh alum. Uh, John DeWitt is also an Oshkosh Uh, alum as well. Yeah, he's a baby, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a little baby, but that's still super awesome. Uh, So it sounds like it was running, creative writing, and the Navy. So you obviously found out that you were good at running and you've, you've kept with it. So where, when you started, you know, finding that you decided writing and, you know, when you went into the newspaper space and creative writing, how did those things kind of tie together for you or, or did they not? Definitely tied together for me because, um, well, for one thing, if you don't have a lot of money as a journalist, there aren't very many sports available to you. Um, so all you needed for running was shoes. Um, but I think just because it such, was such a passion for me um, and just was a way to center myself and, you know, keep calm, um, think and daydream while you're running and just have a hobby really that fits in with anything you do in your life, no matter where you are. 
Yeah, and <laughs> you don't need any money to run. That's what we always say. If you're looking to get into something, running is the easiest easiest thing to do. And if you get into it, you usually will enjoy it. So you you found success at UW Oshkosh. What kind of what was what was running for you after college? Because you hear a lot of people who run in college kind of get burned out and then kind of walk away from running, whether it's for a while or a long period of time. Did you have that or did you kind of stick with running? It was kind uh, of your- yeah, it was kind of surprising to me because I would say that in college, um, and maybe even still, <laughs> I was above average. I was not great. I was on the cross-country teams that went to nationals every year, so I made it. Um, I qualified for nationals in the indoor mile one year. Um, So I was pretty good, but not great. I just wasn't able to pull everything together. I was very nervous, um, and probably that really got in the way for me. Always really nervous and didn't have a lot of confidence, but... In college, I was always voted most coachable. So if you put a plan in front of me, I was going to follow that plan. Um, So I think after I left college and didn't feel like I was in a microscope and had that pressure, I just really started to blossom on my own um, with my own training plans and um, running as far and as much as I wanted to. Um, I just was liberating I just loved it. Wow, that is super interesting. Um, it, I can I know the weight of pressure, whether it's you know before a race or whether it's your professional life or whatever it may be. And when that's lifted off of you, it you feel it is so freeing. And I've never thought of it that way, you know, as you know, college with all the pressure and running, and then you kind of have this freedom. So. Uh, kind of talk a little bit once you realize that, what was that like for you and how was that like, obviously you started running more. Um, did you find like a new love for running that you didn't have before or kind of what happened there? I always loved running from the time I was 15. I never didn't like running. I've always loved it. Even when I hated it, I loved it. (laughs) So I think for me, it was just um, kind of growing up and, you know, being on my own and doing what I wanted with running. And I trained super hard um, and I got good. So I liked being good and fast and racing and um, pushing myself. And um, it was just always the one sport that I truly loved. And Mary, do you ever think back and wish that you know, maybe the coaches that you had, and I know you said that you spoke highly of them, but do you think that they missed their mark? They, they missed the, the chance to unleash that greatness in you and that you were able to find it alone? Do you ever look back in regret or reminiscing and saying, oh, I wish I knew what I know now? back when I was in high school or in college? I wish that I had kind of pulled everything together a little better. But um, then if I would blame anybody, it would just be myself. It just probably wasn't ready at that time. Or um, 
not physically strong enough. Um, you know, I excel at marathons and indoor track is not a marathon and <laughs> everybody's watching you and it's really intimidating. Um, I would like to tell that college aged girl that I was to just calm down, <laughs> just enjoy it, you know, just relax. But um, track and cross country in high school and in in college was life altering to me. I had planned to move to a different school, um, go to Madison to finish my degree. Um, but because I loved running there so much, I stayed. It was amazing. So I have um, something popped in my head when you said that you don't like, you probably like the solitude of running. You look like somebody that likes to go on a very long run by themselves. Um, no music, I presume, you know, sometimes no music. Maybe that's the, uh, your style. You just strike me as that person. Correct me if I'm wrong. But we know that you have a big history with the Badgerland Striders. And that's a very social group. So what was the what was the the reason for you joining Badgerland Striders back in the day? back in their in their height of the of of the popularity of the Bachelorland Striders, I would say, right? When they were the the only group in Wisconsin for running, the only club. I guess because um I did want that community. Um I have trained alone my whole life. I've never had a group. I've never had a training partner. Um I've never had a coach. Um so I'm very and it's not really by choice. It's just, that's just the way things turned out for me. Um, I'm a very solitary person. I'm never lonely. I don't hate running alone ever. <laughs> You're, you have me right. You have me pegged. Um, but I knew it would be good to be, be involved in a community and um, not only get something from it, but give back. So any passion that you have it's it's good to learn from people in your group your peers and the people you you look up to and the people you're racing next to so it's a perfect fit to join a group like that absolutely and we i mean alex and i that's how we become became better and i, I would like to think that we are becoming better especially alex he's he's constantly uh surprising us with his uh performances but we got better by being in a, a social group social running setting uh, and even if you attend once a week the fact that you see and keep up with people's performances and achievements uh, it, it normalizes what is attainable for an, for anybody so we definitely uh, feel for that are you still involved with with the Badgerland Striders yes yep I still go to uh, most of the events and the build-up runs and um, became involved in sustainability efforts for the races um, over the past couple years. So, um, and volunteer at whatever races that I can. So yeah, I'm, I'd say I'm a fairly active member. Well, what is, uh, when you say sustainability of the races, what is that, uh, what does that mean? The races really um, started 
and for the buildup runs as well, having an effort to reduce um, landfill waste. Um, so instead of handing out single-use plastic water bottles at the events, they would have a refillable station or reusable, you know, bring your own, um, recycling the gel goo packs, um, bringing in your old shoes, and just reducing, trying to reduce landfill waste with the events that had plates and forks and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I know Scott Stowski, the current race director for the Lakefront and for the marathon, um, it talks about how just eliminating like the cups, like going from like biodegradable cups to what they were using in the past. Like you realize how many cups are used during a marathon like that. And it's kind of crazy. It adds up very quick. So, you know, I think it's cool that Badgerland has understood their role in running like that way. It's like, we're the biggest group here in Wisconsin. So if we can start making efforts to do this, um, hopefully you can see it kind of evolve in the race world. Yeah. Uh, so it's I think very that's super cool. cool. Yeah, me too. Um, it's, it's something you don't think about. Like you would ever think like, oh yeah, Badgerland, they are not only running races, but they're also thinking about sustainability with like products and stuff that they're using. Well, especially because it's um, all about convenience of moving so many people through at one time that it is a challenge to try to be more environmentally friendly. You saw it really start to pick up in the trail races Um being more sustainable, even from the shirts that they gave out to um, aid along the course and the and the after party and everything. So um, now you're start, starting to see it segue into the road racing communities too. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens in like the coming years with sustainability and how it can make a big impact on races <clears throat> and what may change that we've seen in the last, you know, five years that will happen in the next five to 10 years with sustainability and innovations. I think there'll probably be some pretty cool stuff. I hope so. so. I'm kind of worried about the pandemic taking things back a few steps um, because of, you know, worrying about germs. You already see that with the restaurants of takeout food and getting plastic silverware and um, all of a sudden single use water bottles have popped up again and so, yeah. So obviously there's no races right now, whether it's Badgerland or anyone else, it's all virtual. What, what do you think like the future of this looks like when we do come back or where do you think, or where is like Badgerland going with some of this stuff? It'll be interesting to see. Um, I've kind of stopped looking forward to races, although I am, I'm training for a marathon right now and I just, uh, entered lakefront again. Um, I really have no interest in doing virtual races. I found out it's, I guess if you were doing it with somebody, it's not so bad, but um, Mm -hmm. I just don't find that enjoyable. So it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, when we can come back and if they'll have to take some measures at first to, you know, really change the dynamics of, of how a race is put on. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. I'll be, I, I would like, to, I feel like I need to give Scott a call and see what's going on inside the mind. I mean, John, the John Dick 50K was the other week. Um, I think it was last weekend, but I mean, that's, again, that's pretty, that can be a pretty sustainable race where it's pretty self-supported a lot of the way. Yeah. Maybe we'll just all be out on the trails at first. Yeah. 
That would be pretty sweet. So let's, I know we're just talking about where Badgerland's going. Let's go back when you first, so you leave college and you really kind of almost like find this freeing self of running and you get into marathons. What were you or like, did you just like start running long distance? And when did this, like, did you start finding success? Because I see you've had, you've won the Lakefront Marathon. You've won a, I would say it seems like from what Roy was saying, you've won a lot of the Wisconsin marathons around here. So where, like, where did you start finding success and how did you find out that like, Hey, marathon, this is my distance. Well, I think it was pretty apparent in college that the longer, the better for me. Um, I could always handle really high mileage and, um, my coaches were careful to say they didn't want us to do a marathon until after we graduated. Um, so after I graduated, um, I started running longer distances and longer races, but then I did, um, the sit in the Mai in Madison, that 20 mile race from Madison to Stoughton. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time that I ran it, I won it. And so I thought now I can move up. If I can do 20, I can do 26. So I contacted my, actually somebody at that race, um, Tom Anzac, I think his name was, um, asked if I would come and run his marathon in Illinois, in Rock River. Um, And he said he would pay my expenses and and pay my lodging. And so I thought that sounded pretty awesome. So I (laughs) contacted um, John and asked him if he would make a plan for me. And he asked me when the race was. And I said, I don't know what it was, October. And he said, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's not very much time, but he abbreviated it for me, and I um, followed that training plan to a lot, you know, to the T. And I ran that first marathon and hit the wall, big, big, big time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was leading the race um, till I'd say about twenty or so. I can't really remember, but um, and I crashed. And I heard a pack of runners coming up behind me. And in that pack was the second place woman. So they swept her by me. Um, she won. I got second. Um, but I ran a 259. So I was pretty happy. That's for hitting a wall and still running a 259. That's that's a that's a thumbs up in my book over here. So that that had to be a big lesson, though, hitting the wall. I mean, your first marathon, a short training, you come off that 20-mile wind. Did that was that like motivation for you? You know, it's like every marathon to this day, I would have to say. My parents came to watch me in that race and I um just ran across some of the pictures um recently and I looked like um I belonged <laughs> in a hospital. I was <laughs> so pale and had this blanket wrapped around me and it's like man that hurt so bad um and i re- you know i was excited i was happy that i ran as well as i did but thought maybe i'll never do that again <laughs> and i still say that to this day a hundred marathons later yeah i don't ever have to do that again um, yeah, that's, I think that's every runner, right? There's that love hate relationship of crossing the marathon finish line and being like, well, I'm done doing that. And then like 30 minutes later, after your body somewhat gets back out of shock, you're like, when's the next marathon? Let's do it. Exactly. 
Uh, my next marathon was uh, lakefront. Oh, and how did you do there? Um, it was a little better than that first one. I think I was more prepared. You know, back in the day, um, we didn't have any of the training aids that we have now. Um, they just had water on the course. And I don't remember ever training really with water when I was doing those my long runs. And you didn't have the nutrition. You didn't have the gels. Um, I guess you just trained your body to not need them. But um, obviously, if you're running a marathon, you're, you're running out of fuel and just running on fumes. Um, but that in my second marathon at Lakefront, um, I, that was the year that I won. And I ran a 259. So it just wasn't as painful. <laughs> <laughs> Same time, not Same. less painful. It sounds like you're getting better at it. So where, <laughs> what, what kind of were like the next few years? Like, uh, I'm, I'm sure like Boston was in the mix there and more, probably more lakefront marathons. Did you start, did you just start <clears throat> like hitting them more frequently or what was your running like from there? You know, at this point, then I'm starting to um, have a family, have a, a my first, our first son. Um, so training through pregnancy and coming back. Um, after I had Greg, um, I ran Chicago. I don't know if it was my first time. I had probably run it before, but I ran um, 1993 after I had Greg. Um, and I was 13th woman overall, um, and the second American. Let that sink in for a second. That's incredible. You're such a strong runner, Mary. I take, I'm taking so much from you. Like you, you're a rock star, uh, especially after your, your first born. That's awesome. What was your favorite marathon that you've done? You know, it's so hard to say. I've done, you know, <laughs> marathons yeah. all over the country. And um, a couple years ago, Roy and I ran a marathon in Luxembourg. Just so many different experiences with different people. Um, You've run a hundred of them, correct? Yeah, I've run over a hundred marathons. I, I guess I'd have to say that Lakefront is just you know, near and dear to my heart. It just feels like home. Yeah. There's a fun story with the, uh, you, you said you ran in um, Luxembourg, right? You yes. guys, you being, you, so you guys are related, your cousins. So you both have heritage back there, right? Roy talked me into, um, when we found out that we were cousins and traced our ancestry back to this Casper Schomer, um, he talked me into having a, our um, getting our dual citizenship in Luxembourg. <laughs> and there's a guy who facilitates that. You pay him a fee and he takes care of everything for you. And the sad thing was that Casper um, Schomer was married twice and I qualified through one of the wives and um, Roy didn't qualify. So I he talked me into it. I ended up getting the citizenship and he didn't. I felt horrible about that. 
you have to go to Luxembourg and present your papers in person. And he went with me. He and um, his former wife, Chris, um, and Harry and I went to Luxembourg and I presented my papers. And part of that trip was running that marathon too. Um, but the good, the good news is that Roy did find a, a relative that qualifies him. So um, I'll be going with him when he presents his papers. That'll be fun. That kind of a crazy story. It was his idea. Then he doesn't even get the citizenship. But at least you guys got to run the marathon together. Yeah, that was that was one of the worst marathons in my life. Ooh, what's the story behind that? It was just I don't know if you've ever run a a race in Europe, but they are so quirky. Um, just they do bizarre things. And the race started at night. Um. I hate running in the dark. I truly just despise running in the dark. And um, when the race went off, they blew off this big cannon with um, confetti. And the confetti went on the street where we were running. It was just like slippery. We might as well have been running on ice. That was just the beginning of just a bizarre race. At every corner that we came to a turn, the half of the crowd would run across, would cut the corner and run across the grass or the sidewalk or just cut the corners and kind of looking around like, what is happening? Um, the whole thing was just a bizarre experience. And I felt horrible. I had jet lag. I probably was dehydrated. Um, I remember telling my husband, um, no matter what happens, I'm going to finish this race. Um, so don't get worried, even if I have to walk or crawl or whatever. Um, just wait for me at the finish line. And that's pretty much what happened. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Especially being in another country and at night. That's got to be kind of just like wonky on your on your system in the first place. And and I want to mention this um, for, for the common folk out there like ourselves. Um you you're, you're talking about it as if you finished in a six hours. It was a four oh eight. Is that correct? <laughs> well, yes, but it was such a painful four oh eight. <laughs> well, when you're used to running three hours and you have to run four hours and eight minutes, that's a lot more time on your feet for a distance. You know, you can crush way faster than that. So, yeah, I can I can see that. So so also speaking of Roy, he um I know he's been working on his book and you've been helping him with it. Uh you haven't He hasn't used... been working hard enough. That's what <laughs> we interviewed him like a year and a half ago. So Roy, if you're listening, we need to get you get your button gear and we need to get that book released. So what how have you been helping with the book? Um I've been editing it. Nice. I've been um he's he's a good writer, I'd have to say. Um but I just went through and edited and um, revised and cleaned it up. Do we get a? Do you have a timeline at all when we think we'll see the book? You know, he just um, hasn't stopped doing amazing things, so it's hard to <laughs> say that's it. Publish that book, but I think now would be a good time for him to finish that book. All right, Roy. There it is. We can always make like a edition two where it's like. You know, we add, add some more amazing things to it. But yeah, you guys have done you guys have done some amazing things. So 
you've run over a hundred marathons. You've been doing it your whole life. Um, so I guess what I want to tie it back to is where I was going in the beginning is you're this creative writer. So, you know, running for creativity maybe, and you also have, you know, you were in the Navy. So how have like what you learned in the Navy and kind of maybe some of the, I don't know if the creative world ties into this at all, has helped you kind of with this consistency over the years with running? I think there's just a great um, connection between uh, being a creative. I mean, studies have shown that running boosts your creativity. So um, a case in point for myself, and my husband can attest to this, that uh, I'll write something the day before or that night and set it aside and go for a run and... um, your mind settles into just this creative energy uh, without really even trying. I guess it's sort of like dreaming. Um, and I'd get back to my house, race to my computer. Don't don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I have all these ideas. Um, and just everything would come together. I'd sit down and, and revise that piece or finish that piece or find the words that I was looking for, um, especially with creative projects like I have had to do a lot of naming of products throughout my career and just in advertising writing uh, the headlines are so important you just um, can agonize over a headline forever Um, and when you're out running those the thoughts just fall into place so I think there's just that great connection Um, the Navy doesn't really tie into that for me, except that, you know, of course, when you're in the military and they promote physical fitness and um, looking good in your uniform. I was a public affairs officer having to appear at um, special events all over the country, ships visits and um, stuff like that. Um, so being fit and active and, you know, confident is all part of that, of being a, an, an officer. Yeah, and being fit and healthy is a good lifestyle to have as well, which we all try to embody as runners, right? Uh, But now the creativity, it's funny with the headlines, like, it seems easy, right? Like, it's only three or four words, it should be, right? And once you see a headline or a a product, you go, oh, yeah, it's that simple. But coming up with it can be the hardest thing sometimes. And I'm not a creative writer, but being in marketing, I've had to do my fair share of that stuff. And yeah, it's not... It can be challenging if you're not like mentally in the right spot for it. And, and a run, a run I have found has helped, you know, helped with that. Do you ever, like if you are trying to think and say you have writer's block, which maybe we'll just say you have it, will you go out for a run to help like cr- the creative spark? I'm usually, I'm really um, a creature of habit. So, uh, and I'm definitely a morning person. So, um Running comes first in the morning. I get mm. up with my, my, you know, my feet are sweaty. I just want to get out the door and, and go running. Um, and then I plan my day and I think about whatever projects, if I have some creative project that I'm working on, the ideas just filter through my brain. Um, I just feel calm about my day then. And when I get back, I just get down to work. I... I absolutely love that. Apostoli, right? The morning routine. We were just talking about this. And, you know, I think 
when I've started running in the morning and there's nothing better than a run in the morning. And like you, you've consistently done it over time. So you've, it's part of your routine, right? It's just what you do in the morning and it helps, it just helps jumpstart your day and organize everything in line. So just another, another runner who's really good at her craft, who is showing us that having a morning routine is something that is important. There were many years too, when I did, um, do consistently two a days, probably up until my mid forties. Um, so I did like those evening runs too, but I think that was more just more relaxing. My morning runs were always my work runs of my brain, you know, figuring everything out. Two a days. How many miles were you doing a week when you were doing two a days? Um, when I first started, after I graduated from college, um, I was running 80 to 90 miles a week. Um, I've consistently run 70 mile weeks up until probably just a few years ago. Whoa. Now I'm, now I'm running, these days I run 50 to 54, 50 to 55. Again, added to the list of an inspiration for me. That's incredible. So consistently doing that, it takes a toll on your body and it doesn't sound like we've heard a lot of about your injuries and whatnot. What have you had a lot of injuries or have you been able to do this consistently for this long? Like with pretty, being a pretty healthy shape to your body and not having to take a lot of time off. I've been pretty lucky. Um, I think part of that was, um, always eating really well, um, and sleeping a lot. Um, I've always really been disciplined about that. Um, but I have had my share of overtraining injuries that every runner has, plantar fasciitis and um, Achilles tendonitis a couple times. Um, when I was working full-time and sitting at a desk all day, I had a lot of issues with my hips. Um I think another key to my longevity was cross training a lot. Um, I started doing a lot of triathlons. And um, then even when I decided that was kind of a waste of my day, like triathlons just take so much of your day. (laughs) (laughs) And there's that equipment and cost and everything again. I kept up the, the training, swimming and biking a lot. And I just think that really helps you stay strong using all those different muscles. Um, I really didn't, um, you know, what really finally brought me to my knees was menopause and nobody tells you about that. (laughs) That's interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, I really want to have somebody write a book about it, or maybe there is one and we just aren't finding them, but Nobody told me that what would happen with menopause, all the different things that can happen. Um, And if you're a competitive athlete, you can really fall apart. And I got injured so badly that um, it took two years plus probably to recover. So some of the things that happen that can lead to your body falling apart is, um, you know, when you hear about women having hot flashes and it just sounds kind of like, oh, I'd love to have a hot flash. I'm always cold. (laughs) 
It's not. It's really unpleasant. Your body is just flushing. Um, it's a horrible feeling. Um, if it happens to you at night, you're waking up all the time. Um, so you're losing sleep. Um, other, other symptoms of menopause can be anxiety, anxiety attacks. I definitely had that. And I'm like the most calm person in the world you could ever meet. Um, suddenly just having anxiety, um, depression. Uh, I went to the doctor and said, something's just not right with me. <clears throat> and even she didn't say, oh, yeah, all these things happen with menopause. But she did check my blood and my vitamin D was extremely low. Um, so I was deficient in vitamin D. Um, there's just this big, you know, storm of things that happen to you. Um, that can really affect your training and your competing and just your life in general. Well, totally. I mean, just from what you were saying, like if you're getting anxiety and depression and all these different things, if you're used to sleeping all the time and you're not sleeping and now you're deficient, I mean, that can throw, obviously that can throw you off. And um, that had to be terrible to go through and have from your running perspective too, like that kind of take a hit. Um, so what... Was it just kind of your body having to go through that or were you able to kind of work with the right people to figure out how to like get your running, get yourself back into being able to run that consistently again? You know, the thing of it is, if somebody had told me, here's what you can expect when you're going through menopause and here's how it can affect running. And you know what? You should probably really um, drop back on your training maybe not even think about racing for a while, as hard as that sounds. Um, if I had known that, I would have done things so differently. But if you're just thinking that, wow, what's wrong with me? I have no energy. My runs are so difficult. Um, I'm, I have the worst injury I've ever had in my life. Um, you know, just trying to figure out what it what it is. And it was finally just coming to the realization that, oh, <laughs> and reading as much as I could, finding out that mm -hmm. it was from menopause yeah. and all the, all the changes that your body goes through. That's, that's absolutely that, like, cr crazy to think about. And like, putting this from a different perspective, so my, when my wife was pregnant, um, all the changes with just like, it's an incredible process pregnancy, right? That your body can go through that and everything that can happen to you then, um, through, through that, right. Um, just trying to think like you can get diabetes or you can just have all these things with you that are like really crazy. And, you know, there's also the same thing can happen when you go through menopause and all these things are real. And if someone maybe have told you a little bit about this ahead of time, it could have helped you set your expectations with what's going on and kind of help you through it. So maybe, maybe when Roy's book's done, we can, this could be a good book topic. <laughs> I think it would be very valuable. It's very insightful too. I would have never thought some of this stuff before. So uh, thanks for sharing that. And uh, well, it sounds, so has that, was that recently? Have you gone, are you back to running again? <laughs> kind of where are you at now with all this? I, f I feel really good again. I feel super strong and I'm starting to get my speed back again. Um, Ooh, that's, that's a good feeling, huh? <laughs> and just really feeling good all the time. And when I'm running, almost every run is a good run these days. So I'm really happy for that. 
I thought I was really out of the woods um, and trained pretty hard for a marathon in my my little hometown of Watoma. Um, and I was super ready for it. And the one of the things that manifested from the menopause and whatever my body was depleted from was I would run a marathon and feel really good and normal. To the last few miles, my calves would cramp up mm. to the point where I was falling to the ground. Whoa. And um, that never happened to me before. It was so disconcerting. And, you know, everyone wants to help you and give you advice and say, are you hydrating? Are you taking fuel? Are you doing this? It's like, I kind of know what I'm doing. I'm not doing anything different. This is something different in my body. Um, so I kind of felt like I was past that, but that did happen in the last few miles of, of that marathon. Um, so I struggled in a little bit. I think it's continued to improve and I, I hopefully can put that behind me. Um, so we'll see. And what a crazy journey that was or that you're finishing going through. That is, that's crazy. Well, I, hopefully the cramps can go away in the calves and you can be back strong here in 2021. If races do, if races do pick up fingers crossed, cause there'd be nothing <laughs> better than doing lakefront this year in person. Um, so I, we've talked about family and, you know, you, your, your husband and your kids. And from my understanding, you guys are all kind of runners and have raced together and run together, which I think is, is pretty awesome to say. Uh, your kids are all a little bit older, right? College and out of college. Am I correct? Yes. Our youngest is um, in grad school at Marquette. Um, our middle daughter is a nurse, and our um, son, who is the oldest, is in the Navy. Look at that. And they're all runners. Did they, were they like runners in high school, or was that something they've kind of fell, they found afterwards, or were you guys always a running family? First, I should tell you that I met my husband um, running in Hyde Park in London. No way. Um, so we ran together. Um, he has bad knees, so he doesn't run anymore. And that's why he's the best Sherpa in the world. Sherpa. Um, but you know how families, um, you know, you have a tennis family or a skiing family or a family that golfs or water skis or whatever. Um, we just happen to be a running family. So because I raced almost every weekend, um, we would go to whatever town the race was in and the kids would watch and we'd go out for breakfast and explore if there was a beach or something to do. You know, it just became our family thing to do. And the kids, you know, watching that, as soon as they were old enough, they wanted to do the kids run and we would run with them and the kids run. And then as they got older, they would run in the, you know, go to Bellin and run the 10K and come in a you know, few minutes behind me and then then next to me and then in front of me. <laughs> um, so just like me, I think, and watching me and how much I loved it, um, all three of them, it was it was their main sport. Oh, that's so awesome. When, um, 
I was watching a TV show. I think it's Atypical, if you guys have ever seen it. And this, the dad and the daughter, I think she was in high school, like go for a run together. Like that's what they did. And I thought that I thought that was cool. And I'm hopefully someday our girls will want to run with us. So when I think of you and your kids, like that has to be so fun that you guys can all just go out for a family run together and like get to have that time over something you guys all love. It was fun. I mean, it was just such a great thing that we did together, especially because I think a lot of people um, maybe presumed that I forced them to do that or they didn't have choices. Of course, our kids played soccer and baseball and, you know, did mm-hmm. whatever other sports they wanted to dance. And um, but they picked running. I would never have made them <laughs> pick running or anything except maybe piano. <laughs> Um, so it was just a, a great family activity and the things that we all liked doing, um, going running someplace beautiful, jumping in a lake, um, going out for coffee afterwards. Um, we all just, that's why we like traveling so much together where we just have a good vibe together and running has always just been a big part of that. Mm, that sounds great. Going on vacation, getting a run in, seeing the place all together. Well, uh, do you guys have any like running traditions, like uh, doing like a turkey trot together or anything like that? Yeah, we always um, on Thanksgiving morning would run a turkey trot. Um, we always hosted Thanksgiving, so that was kind of challenging. But um, <laughs> Ooh, that's a lot to juggle. Bellin, the Bellin 10K was always our family thing to go do. Um, my kids loved meeting the running celebrities the night before and getting their autographs. And um, it was super cool, too, to just watch through the years, watching them just get, keep getting faster and faster to the point where they were, you know, placing and winning medals and stuff. Um, and I guess just um, going out and running together. Yeah. On some trail or just, I mean, I run with my daughters still all the time. That's so fun. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. So your husband, you said he can't run with his knees, but used to run, but now he's your Sherpa. So uh, does he get to be the support crew and help you? I mean, I suppose if you were run- racing every weekend, he was definitely the support crew and the he was doing a lot. So um, how, how, how was kind of he with, how was your husband with everything? throughout your racing yeah, career. I could see how if um, a couple were both running and juggling kids and work and everything, that could be pretty stressful and you'd have to really learn to compromise sometimes. Like, okay, you get to race this time and I'll watch the kids or mm-hmm. I'll push them in the jogger this time or whatever. But um, he never missed a beat with, um, I, you know, he was my enabler, just <laughs> smoothing the way so I could get out the door and get my training in and um, meeting me on his bike to give me water on my long runs and being at every race, you know, holding my sweats and um, just, yeah, just always there. And I couldn't have done what I've done without having that support or, you know, like not feeling guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can bring your whole family to a race, you're not leaving them at home. You're with them. Yeah. So, no, that's cool. I mean, there is some like you can feel that guilt of like, oh, hey, I'm going out for a run my, right now and leaving my significant other, my partner, with the kids. Well, I go selfishly do this. I mean, there can be that. I experience that, and 
Um, so it's cool that you guys are open and be able to have that because, yeah, I think those are some difficulties you can get into, you know, as a family, if right. you guys are both trying to run. So that's one of the big advantages of running in the morning too. You can get back before everyone, anyone's even up for breakfast. Oh, <laughs> You're done. Uh, it's just seamless in the day. Let me tell you, I, we understand that. And my wife is really good at waking up in the morning because she, Christina knows it. And I'm terrible at waking up in the morning. So if I miss that morning run, that means I'm trying to shove a run in some time during the day and it never works out for everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. Once you miss that window, it can be difficult. Yeah. Well, I love it. Mary, this is great. We had an awesome time. You are an inspiration, so keep doing everything you're doing. Um, but before we go, we have to do our Cream City Pacers rapid-fire questions. Are okay. you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? My favorite run, my favorite route is um, through River West on a not busy street in the morning so I can run right down the middle of the street. It's usually Booth Street or Bremen. Um, and then depending on how far I'm going to go, I'll end up coming back on the Oak Leaf Trail. That is a fun loop. I love running down. It's really funny because when you run down the side streets um, in River West, there's all like the corner stores. And I feel like it's like the closest I get to New York City with bodegas over yeah. in River West. So I feel exactly. like that's how I it get to It has a good feel. Yep. Also in River West, there's that awesome smiley face on that garage right off of, is that Holton? I'm blanking on the intersection right now. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can't There's think of lot, where it is. Yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff over there. It's a groovy area. I like that. It's definitely a groovy area. Okay, if you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be? You mean like a famous person? Uh, it could be anybody. They could be dead or alive. Jesus has been said on this podcast <laughs> before, so. <laughs> um, oh, that is a hard question. You know who would be super fun is Uda Pippig. I love her. I love that answer. That's a very, oops, good answer. Sorry. Um, okay, Apostole. What is your favorite pre-race pop-up song? Um, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have, there's not one song that sticks out to you that's like, this is getting me pumped up? No. <laughs> out of all those hundreds of marathons. All right. A true no headphones runner right here for you. Okay. All right. That's the first time we've had that on the show. No answer. Are I kinda, you kidding? Oh, I feel so lame. I kind of love it. Yeah, we can. You know, when I hear the music before a race, um, it pumps me up. I just don't have a favorite song, and I don't, I don't listen to music before a race. So, I love it. That's just straight up honesty, <laughs> right there. Like we have, we could fake and we could fake and say a song, oh, but that's just yeah. not the case. You know, we have this this playlist on Spotify where we put all the answers of all the guests. Uh, for your sake, we're going to put in the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the four minutes, 33 seconds song. 
uh, by John Cage, which is absolute silence. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll just put that, uh, and and everybody will will be looking at your, at their phone, thinking what's wrong and why is it not playing. So that's perfect. <laughs> I really like to be in my own head before a race. So silence is always good. That's when you know you're you're just elite right there. That's an elite athlete answer. I love it. Okay, Abastoli, this is your question, so I won't steal it from you. Are there any books that you recommend? You, I know you do a lot of editing and you've written many parts of books, uh, but are there any books that you would recommend that would help uh, people with with their runs or with or any books that have helped you with running? I'd have to say my favorite running book that I've read in the last few years was Marathon Woman, Catherine Schweitzer. Nice. Um, that is the. I love that book. I love her. Just she's one of my heroes. I think Catherine has been mentioned uh, three out of the past four episodes. I want to say Alex. Uh, so I think Kathy. I think if we if we say her name three times, does she show up like Beetlejuice on our show? <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tina Jones, the executive director for Girls on the Run, I think that was her one person she would bring to Milwaukee to run with her. Um, and I think I'm blanking on the story, but she came to Milwaukee once. No, she didn't come to Milwaukee. There was something with the, she she spoke for Girls on the Run. And we're telling Tina that she's got to bring her here. We got to get a big run with her in Milwaukee because I think a lot of people would love that. I so, bet she'd come. So we'll send you. You'll definitely be there. Well, yeah. okay. So this is going to be, I'm excited to hear this answer because pre-race pop-up song was nothing. What is your <laughs> favorite piece of running gear? And why I say that as I'm thinking you're kind of a simple runner, like you minimal runner, I should say. Yeah, I'm kind of a dork. I mean, <laughs> a dork. my favorite piece of running gear. I mean, I love my shoes, of course, um, my, but I have a dofold turtleneck that's 30 years old that I still wear and is the only thing that keeps me warm on days like today. Wow. Nothing on the head. Do I wear anything on my head? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Of course. All right. Okay. I thought it was the only warmer for your head. Okay. I, Oh, it's like it's like a magical bulletproof shirt and it's it's like the oldest piece of running clothing that I have. It's I just love that shirt. Awesome. Nice. I might uh, I'm looking that up right now as we're talking about this. I might have to go invest in one here. I don't know, do they still make dofold? I don't know. All the older runners will know what I'm talking about. They I it's coming up. I can buy it. <laughs> But I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's the same. So I, I might have to send you a link and get you to approve of it. But yeah, it's so cold out right now. It has been so hard to run in. Um, but got to do it, right? Got to do it. All right. Yeah. And our last question here, <clears throat> what is one piece of advice you would like to pass along to new runners? Runners don't take advice, I've learned pretty much. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> you by far are my favorite guest when it comes to these questions. <laughs> no, my advice would be 
Um, <laughs> don't take advice. <laughs> Especially like when you're like cramping at the end of a race. It's like, are you hydrated? It's like, I know what I'm doing. I just have cramps in my legs. <laughs> Nothing you tell exactly. me will help. <laughs> I think I've figured it out by now. Mm. No, seriously, my <laughs> advice to a new runner would be um, to pay a lot less attention to the numbers. Um, nowadays, people post everything on social media or Strava. Um, how far you go, how far, how fast, whatever. Um, I think so much is lost in the purity of running and concentrating on the numbers all the time and wearing a watch um, than just getting out there and experience experiencing the run and how you feel and how your breath sounds and um, the scenery around you and, you know, petting someone's puppy and just embracing the whole run instead of getting caught up in, in all the numbers. Uh, amen. Amen to that. That is <laughs> a beautiful way to end this show. I appreciate that, Mary. Mary, thank you so much for coming on. This was an amazing episode. You're an amazing person and an even amazing runner. So keep up everything you're doing. And hopefully we can get a race here in, in 2021. Thank you, guys. It was my honor to be on your show. Mary, the honor is ours to have you on the show. That was an incredible interview. Oh, Apostoli, so inspiring. Mary, you're awesome. Thank you, Mary. Yes. She's just making us look like such, such, such amateurs. Even you with your 45-mile week. Her <laughs> slow weeks are 55 as she mentioned. That's so. incredible to be able to run that, like, ha- have that high mileage of a week for such a long time. Two a days in there, incredible. The running family thing, I love. Like, as a runner with kids, and Christina's a runner, right? Like, I think when I envision the future of us, it's all like they're in high school and we go, like, shake out a 5K on a Saturday and then go to Colectivo. Anyways, we'll see if that happens. The other funny thing was the dofold turtleneck. <laughs> I think I, I at first I was like, well, I've heard of a turtleneck, but what's dofold? So I had to do a little googling while we were talking. I might have to buy one You're if it's lasted it? to her that long and she loves it. I, I need one in my rotation. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> great show. Great show again. Thank you, Alex. Hey. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Roy, for the suggestion. And uh, just remember. Lakefront Marathon registration is now open if you want one of those sweet puffer jackets that they have available for registering. Head over to the Lakefront Marathon's website and register. Uh, I just registered actually today before we recorded with Mary and uh, I signed up for, because I'm a UW-Milwaukee alum, I signed up for the UW-Milwaukee or the the University Challenge. So now I really have to race good uh, or race well because I... uh, I need to help my team. You love those challenges. Awesome. Awesome. Best of luck, Alex. I'll try to sign up too. Uh, maybe run it this time. Um, anyway. Use your entry from last year for this year. Oh, there we go. I have the medal from last year. It's, it's still sealed. The medal is still sealed just in case I do run it at some point. But anyway, thanks a lot, guys, for listening. This was a, another great episode coming up on an hour and 15 minutes here. 
Yeah, it's awesome. You guys are amazing listeners. Thanks for everything you do. Don't forget, if you want to join our email newsletter, you can head over to creamcitypacers.com forward slash newsletter. We send these suckers out once a week, every other week. It's a surprise, but they are great content. And I love creating them and sending them to you. And when we did our uh, cost giveaway, the only way you were the first one to find out if you were on the newsletter. So sign up. Uh, and also, also don't forget. Don't forget. Can I take? Don't forget. Uh, this, uh, this is my favorite thing: the pre-race <laughs> pop-up song playlist on Spotify is a thing, and it contains all the answers to our past guests answering the question of what is your favorite pre-race pop-up song. All of them, except for Mary. No, we will not have a silent track to mess up your groove. Um, so go and listen to all the other answers. It has a lot of anything from, from hip-hop to pop to classic rock, metal, a lot of metal. And um, it's just a very wide variety to get your day started, your run started, or even while running, you can be listening to this on your AirPods. It's Amazing. It's universal. It's amazing. It's universal. It's a great pop-up playlist. And uh, you know what? If you could share this episode with one person that you think would like it or find something out of it, please do. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. There's nothing better than word of mouth advertising to grow this show. You guys are amazing. Keep up everything you're doing through this cold weather. And remember, until next Friday, keep on running.